Well, welcome to uh, the CSU podcast. I'm joined by uh, Dr. Jim Lytle and our very special guest today, uh, Emily Gaiman, a class of 2012 graduate living in uh, Lapeer, Michigan. Uh, she's a storytelling coach, among other things. And we're going to kind of get a glimpse of her story and how the Lord brought her to where she's at uh, today. So, Emily, welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. It's great we get back together. I, I loved having you as a student. And I'm looking forward to what God might do to this podcast today. Thank you. Now, Emily, where, where did you grow up? What's, what's, your connection, uh, in, what's your connection to CSU? So I grew up in Oxford, Michigan, which is about 20 miles away from where I'm living now. Um, and I went to a Baptist church in Rochester, Michigan, grew up there, um, spent some time in the youth group. My youth pastor and his wife are also CSU alum, and uh, they really invested in me, poured into me, and grew in me a heart for ministry. And so when I was in high school, they would talk about CSU. And of course, they took me on, uh, they took us to TLC. So I got to see the campus and it kind of grew from there. And it, it soon became clear that really there was no other school for me, but CSU. And uh, I, I kind of had my heart set on it. And that's all history now. <laughs> so what year did you arrive on uh, campus? So I graduated from high school in 2008. I did a year of community college, which saved me a lot of money um, here in Oakland County. And then I arrived on campus in 2009. So I was there for three years total. Awesome. And uh, just curious, what was the name of the youth pastor and wife that influenced you? Mark and Tracy Thompson. Mark and Tracy, they're class of 1991. Yep. As a matter of fact. Well, great. What, when you were here, the three years you're here, what, what did you see yourself? Like what activities, uh, what were you involved in on campus? So um, I was an RA at one point for about half my time there. I was an RA. I was also on a student leadership council. I think I was a class officer. I don't remember what my title was because I don't remember doing very much, <laughs> um, but I was an SLC. I worked in the underground cafe and I worked in the communications department. I was involved with the anchor for a little bit. Um, and let's see if there's anything else I'm remembering. Oh, I played tennis for a semester. <laughs> Excellent. What, what dorm were you in when you were here? I started in Thompson Hall and then I moved over to Carter Hall. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. And not putting you on the spot, but did you have a favorite uh, professor when you were here at CSU? Yeah, so kind of a handful. Um, Dr. Crago was a big part of um, my theological training, obviously. Uh, he taught a bunch of theology classes and was really grateful for his um, uh, and his wife, their mentorship in my life. Um, Linnell Buchanan, she was the chair, is the chair of the counseling world. And so it was really cool to learn under her. Um, I actually, I think I had independent studies with both Dr. Crago and um, Dr. Buchanan at one point. Um, I don't think it was the same semester, but I, I remember them specifically. Um, and then, and, and I'm not just saying this because he's on this call, <laughs> Dr. Lytle was a crucial part of my biblical training, um, pushing me back to God's word, showing me how to study it through principles of Bible study. And um, that looking back, that was extremely foundational. So if I had to pick them, those would be my top three. Excellent. Um, any meaningful memories while you were here? Yeah, a couple, um, a couple positive, well, one positive and one 
slightly negative that turned into a positive. Uh, Dr. Crago, at one point, um, I, I had written a paper for him and I was like really proud of the paper. I felt like I'd done really well on it. And um, he came up to my desk one class period and, and said, said this, this is a good paper, um, but, I'm, but I'm giving you a B on it. <laughs> and I was like kind of crushed because I thought I really nailed the paper, you know? And um, he said, I, I, it's a good paper and you can turn it in and, and I won't think any less of you, but if you write me another paper, I will forego this grade and, and you, you'll take the better, of, the better grade of the two papers. And he said, I know that you'll do this. I know you've got more in you and you can do this. And I want you to write this next paper. And it was like one of those things where you're like, why would I write another paper? <laughs> you know, I've got all these credits, but just that he believed in me and knew that there was more in me um, to push me to, to, to find that, push me to the corners, you know, to find that. Um, I, I, I ended up really loving the next paper too. And it was, it was kind of an, um, exegetical paper where he's like, you can't use any other textbooks, but the Bible, just go back into the passage and tell me what you think. And that was really powerful for me. Well, I am curious what the grade was. I think it was a good grade. I honestly don't remember. I think he gave me an A. Um, I remember him really being happy that I went ahead and did the next paper um, and, and pointed well, he, to it. He, he would say he didn't give you any grade. He would say that he only recorded the grade you earned. That's so. true, that's true. Cool. So yeah, that was cool. The other one is, this one's, a, this one's your fault, Dr. Lytle. Um, I took a, I was in the counseling program and I had to take personality theory. And now I'm like endlessly fascinated with personality theories. Um, but for that class, I had to take all of these tests, these personality tests, you know, and I mean, eight or 10 personality tests all within like two weeks. And so you're answering these questions and you're filling out bubbles and you're really trying to learn about yourself. And then I, I got one of the results back and, um, and I was kind of bothered by the results. Cause I felt like, you know, in my, in my 21 year old self, I thought I really knew myself really well, <laughs> but these results came back and I was like, Whoa, this, this doesn't, I don't know what to do with these results. And I kind of had to step back a little bit. Um, and I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, Dr. Lytle, I don't know what made me think I should reach out to Dr. Lytle and ask him about this. I don't even know, but I did. And you were like, Hey, why don't you come up and we'll look at the results together and maybe I can help you understand them better. And in that meeting, I was like, you were just, you delivered those results a little bit differently than I, than I had re first received them. And I felt a lot better about them at that point, <laughs> but you did it with such care and you weren't like, wow, Emily, yeah, you are a bad person. <laughs> um, so well, that was cool. I actually do remember that time. Oh, cool. You know, I mean, if, if it would have turned out that you were a borderline sociopath, the, yeah. the meeting might have gone entirely differently, but it wasn't that at all. Right. <laughs> so, but that just the care and taking the extra time to like get to know me on both of those stories, get to know me, get to know what kind of drives me and um, how you could best push me on, into bigger and better things. Um, that just meant a lot to me. So since 2012, you graduated. Give us kind of a, a snapshot of maybe your career path, what you've done, and then we'll circle back and kind of dig in on uh, one aspect of that. Sure. Um, so I graduated in 2012, decided that I didn't want to be a professional counselor. Uh, didn't, I thought that I wasn't really cut out for professional counseling, but I really wanted to write. And I'd had a job in the communications department 
and had learned a ton about writing and editing and that's what I wanted to do. So I came home, I got a master's degree in English because turns out it's kind of hard to get a writing job with a counseling degree. And uh, then I started working with Shattered Media Incorporated, which is a strategic storytelling company. Um, it's a, it was a startup company. And uh, so, you know, the income was a little bit <laughs> unsteady for most of those years, um, but eventually went full time with them and uh, became the director of storytelling there until this past year. So I've been square in the realm of storytelling since 2014. And uh, now I'm back in the freelance game. So uh, yeah, it's been exciting. What exactly, pardon my ignorance, but what exactly does a storytelling coach or editor, what, what exactly is that? So when people think of an editor, uh, they think of the red pen grammar Nazi. <laughs> so it's a lot easier to hire a storytelling coach than it is to hire an editor. Um, so it's a little bit of just recrafting the title, but it's bigger than just editing. Storytelling is kind of encapsulating all of a person's story, where they've been, where they're going, and helping them tell that story in whatever kind of way they need to, whether that's a website or a book or just an article. We, I wanna be able to help people understand their story and then be able to share it authentically. So that's kind of what I do as a storytelling coach, but it includes editing, proofreading, um, content and copy editing, publishing, all sorts of things uh, related to the written word. I'm just curious, I'm, like, have you done this for, for people trying to write books and there are now books out there with their name on it, but in reality, it wouldn't be there if it hadn't been for you? Yeah, so there are books in the wild right now. You can find them on Amazon. <laughs> it is actually pretty exciting. Um, my first book project actually out of college uh, and in a freelance, career was for Coach Holloway, Sherry Holloway. And that was a really exciting experience. We were able to take her messages and put them into a book. Um, and a lot of that was just taking the content that she'd already created and I kind of repackaged it and crafted it for her book. And so I did that and I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. Let's do this for other people. So I went on and, and I've had a handful of people um, bring me along in their journey and I've been able to help them either rewrite their books or start from scratch with their books. Um, and it's been really, really cool to, to see the things I've gotten to work on. So there are a handful of books. Um, you can find them on my website, emilygaiman.com, uh, books and resources tab. There's just a handful of books, real live books that you can actually read. You have a cool story, I'm told, of how you discovered storytelling is like a perfect blend of your counseling background as well as your writing experience. Can you, can you share that with us? Yeah, so I first came to CSU because I wanted to be in youth ministry. And I thought, this is, it's a ministry school. Um, I'm going to go meet someone who's also headed into youth ministry. <laughs> and I thought, counseling is the perfect skill to use in youth ministry and really any ministry. Um, and so I thought, why not be a counseling major? And I really loved the counseling program, but toward the end of my four years of college, um, two things were very, very clear. Number one, I was not going to be following someone else into youth ministry <laughs> uh, like I originally thought would happen. And number two, I was not um, I was not really cut out. I did not have the gift of mercy that I needed to be a professional counselor. 
just being honest. Um, so I, but I really, really love to write. And so I got to my, I got to graduation. I walked across the stage going, I don't know how this is going to work, but here's this degree that I just got and I don't know what to do with. A month after that, um, I had stayed on, on campus for a job. I worked at the underground and then I had a summer project for the communications department. And that, um, I think that June, there was the GARBC conference that was hosted at CSU and um, connected with someone there who worked um, for regular Baptist Press. And he kind of brought me along and said, hey, can you do some writing for us during the conference? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I didn't know what I was agreeing to, um, but he really helped me kind of meet the right people and find the right stories to tell during the conference. By the end of the week, I remember thinking, um, this makes sense. My counseling training helps me understand and listen to people's stories. And my writing experience helps me make those stories shine, tell those stories in a, a really cool way. And it kind of dawned on me at the end of that week. I'm like, okay, this could work. I get it now. I still didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know that storytelling was a buzzword at all or that it could be even a real job. Um, but, but that's kind of when I knew. So then about uh, a year later, um, I was working on my master's degree and slinging coffee at a coffee shop because that's what you do after you graduate from college. Um, and I met, I met Shattered Media and they were a strategic story company, storytelling company. I didn't quite catch the vision for storytelling right at first, but then as I continued working with them, I was like, okay, I get it, storytelling. And I use my counseling skills to hear people's stories and give them a chance to kind of sit in their stories a little bit and, and appreciate their own stories. And then I get to tell them and make those stories shine and, and really glorify God through the process. So. Um, so yeah, God kind of said, Hey, I know you, I know you just graduated with a degree that you're not really sure about, but don't worry. I'm going to make this career for you and it's going to be awesome. And here you go. And that was really cool. That's neat to see. I, I know of the person you're talking about, Kevin Muggins. It's neat to see mm -hmm. a guy, how God and his sovereignty brings a guy from Chicago to campus. Just to we just so happened to host that conference back in 2012 and yeah. God and his sovereignty, you guys intersect and, uh, the, the yeah. rest is, is history. What, what exactly does, like, when you talk about Shattered Media, what's one, man, powerful story that you heard through an interview that just really either shook you or inspired you? Like, what's what's that one story that just captivated your, your, your space? Sure. Um, one of the first stories I told, I got to talk with the guy who lost his special needs brother and his mother to someone uh, like his dad was a pastor and so there was a man in the church who would come and like help out with the special needs brother and um really just a tragic story uh he ended up abusing the special needs son and then killing him and the mother and then himself also um and it was just a gun gut-wrenching gut story. You know, you could hardly listen to it. And at the end of the story, he, he told me, you know, this is really hard, right? Like, but I don't blame God. He said he would crawl into God's lap and beat on his chest and 
God would be okay with that. And there, there was something about not dismissing the pain, not just saying, oh, well, God is good, you know, be joyful, but like, no, really um, leaning into who God is and how he's, he is, he cares for you, even when the, when the pain and it's just crazy. Um, and so that was one of the first stories I remember getting to tell myself um, for Shattered and there's obviously there's many more and there's there's other ones that aren't necessarily quite as gut-wrenching or um sensational as that but but there's a beauty in that too that god is a god of the big things and the big tragedies and the big joys but god is also a god of the small joys and the little things and that's been really cool to see in a lot of people's stories so i'm kind of curious um if one of our alumni, one of the friends of schools listening to this, and they're thinking, you know, I, I've got a book inside me, or I've got an idea. And how much do they have to work on that before they email you and start asking you questions about it? That's a good question. Um, I mean, there's always, I'm always happy to kind of take inventory with someone like it whether it's just an idea in their heads that needs to eventually be formed and come out like let's talk through that we can i can ask some strategic questions and see what's already there um or if they've already got like a manuscript or even a draft and they're like eh, i did some writing but i don't know if it's any good or i don't know what to do with it next you know um then let's talk about that too kind of take inventory of where you are with the with the project and what your goals are and there's really, there's really no concrete answer on that. Like, let's just talk, just connect with me. And I'd love to help you share your story. You said, are you still with Shattered? Or are you, you're completely on your own with your ministry? So sadly, Shattered closed toward the end of 2020 for a handful of reasons um, that were a little bit sad, but <laughs> that's okay. God already knew that that was going to happen. And so um, he's, providing for me every step of the way. Um, so I'm, I'm really just kind of sliding back into the freelance. I was only full time with Shattered for a couple of years. So it was, I was kind of piecemealing it throughout the whole six, six or seven years that I'd been with Shattered. So I was building a freelance client base and kind of a process. And then when Shattered closed, um, I just slid right back into it and uh, it's been really cool. So now I'm freelance. Along the way, I know you've, you've always been involved in youth ministry, I think even from your junior year in college till now. What, what exactly are you doing now uh, with youth ministry and how has your storytelling niche played into ministering to teens? So yeah, I love students. Um, youth ministry is still a big part of my heart, I think because I've been so impacted by my own youth pastor and leadership staff. Um, I Right now I'm the student youth ministry coordinator at my church. We are uh, looking for a full-time youth pastor, but in the meantime, I've kind of been brought along and have been able to just do some coordinating, obviously coordinator, um, but also some teaching and discipling along the way. And that's been super awesome. But um, so storytelling to me has a lot of different facets. So mentoring can kind of fall into the world of storytelling because you're sharing your story, you're saying, hey, here's what happened with me, and how can I help you do this? Um, and then also you're sharing your testimony with them along the way too. Um, but on a larger scale, youth ministry, uh, so one of the things we do in our youth ministry and our youth group right now is we have what we call a storytelling chain. 
and it's just it's a paper chain which lo which looks and kind of sounds a little like juvenile <laughs> but it's a paper chain and every week we come and we have about five minutes where we ask the students how they've seen god in their lives something that god has done um something might be super big might be not super big um might be like hey i went off the road in an accident this week but everything's okay like that's big or it might be like hey i got to talk to my friend who's not a christian while we ate pizza during math class <laughs> you know like just something small but something that they can say hey god is god is doing stuff so every week we have this storytelling minute and every link of the paper chain is just that short story of what god has done and so it kind of harkens back to joshua chapter 4 where god says you know i brought you across the jordan take these stones set them up as a memorial so you can tell your kids when they ask what the stones mean you can tell them what god did for you here and so we don't have stones in our youth group because that would be weird but we do have a storytelling chain this paper chain so we can say hey look how god has been at work in our lives and he will continue to work so that's one way that we do a storytelling um, aspect of our youth ministry, just telling the stories of what God is doing in our lives. And then we also have storytelling nights where we bring in an older saint from our church and they share their story. They tell them, they tell the students how they came to know the Lord um, and how they've seen God throughout their lives. And that, that creates some really cool friendships and relationships. Um, but it also sh shows students that it's okay to love Jesus after high school. <laughs> so yeah. Now you're using that with the students, but uh, as an older saint, uh, there is nothing in what you said that wouldn't work really well in a, another demographic in the church. That's, that's a really cool idea. Thanks. We're here with Emily Gaiman, a 2012 a graduate of Clark Summit University. She's a storytelling coach an editor uh, currently living in Michigan. So my question is you, what are your hobbies? If you're into writing and editing, like, do you read and edit in your free time? Like, what do you do uh, outside yeah. of your youth ministry and job for fun? Sure. So um, I do read. Um, I'm not as fast of a reader as I would like to be. So like, maybe my hobby is actually just buying books. <laughs> that eventually I'll read. Um, but I usually have about three or four books going all in kind of different genres at a time. And I'll pick one up and I'll put it down and that kind of stuff. But I'm always reading something. Um, I have nine nieces and nephews. So um, they're kind of a hobby for me and that I'm trying to build relationships with them. Uh, they range in age from 21 to almost one. And um, it's, yeah, it's a very large range, but it's so fun because I get to see them. They're all in different stages. And um, that just, just, that's, I don't really have time for hobbies because I have nine nieces and nephews. <laughs> um, so honestly, that's really, that's the extent of my hobbies. I, I do a little bit of running, um, mostly to clear my brain. <laughs> um, not because I love to run, but because my brain needs for me to run. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, I don't, yeah, those are my hobbies, my nine nieces and nephews. So do you have a bucket list objective, like, man, in 20 years from now, maybe professionally or personally, do you have like, man, I'd love to do this. What, what is that? I mean, I have a book or four in me. Um, I think that eventually I'll, I'll be able to do some writing of my own. I would love to do some more speaking. Um, I've really found a love and a passion for teaching God's word um, to our students, particularly. That's something that I really, really love. Um, and so some, some more 
teaching and speaking opportunities. I love to share with churches about the power of storytelling, like God's created our brains for stories and we can be using those, that creation in really powerful ways. So I'd love to be doing something like that. Um, I'd love to teach, whether that's at a college or um, just in the church. Like, I'm not exactly sure what it's gonna look like, but, um, but teaching is definitely, teaching, speaking, writing, those are definitely um, some, some major things that I see not going away for me anytime soon. <laughs> Emily, what's the best way if a church or a group wanted to reach out to you for your expertise, whether it's teaching or helping them, what, what's the best way to contact you? Sure. My website is emilygaiman.com. So E-M-I-L-Y-G-E-H-M-A-N.com. Pretty easy. Although if you want to have a laugh, um, put .com after your name sometime and just say that over and over. And it's really weird. <laughs> but yeah, emilygaiman.com. There's some resources there that you can already look into. And then you can connect with me right there on a connect tab. Jim, any closing comments or thoughts? Oh, thanks for doing this. I mean, in a lot of ways, you're a a poster child for the way we would love our graduates, you know, to, to move ahead. You know, you, you take the degree you have, you follow God in it, and they do some really cool stuff through you. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for spending the time with us. I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks again, Emily. It's been great, and we'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.